talking to somebody on Saturday. Um, no, actually, yesterday. I was talking to somebody yesterday mm. who was talking about how much they're enjoying listening to The Breakfast Show now since they started using the app. Oh, that's so good. So much better. Of course, because you have, you know, an internet signal. You Perfect have smooth signal. radio. It's, a, it's yeah. basically like, you know, listening to... You. you can actually catch the... Can you catch Faith FM on Spotify? I don't know. No, don't We're, we're all shrugging. Everybody's shrugging. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> but what you can do is go to the Play Store, download Faith FM app. I, the reason I made the comparison is because it's essentially like that. You know, when you listen to Spotify, like I never listen to like um, just straight radio in the car. Like, except like, for Faith FM. Except right? for Faith FM. Yeah, of course. No, you but, listen to that on the app. Yeah. On the app. No, That's because right, I listen if, to it on the app. Dude, when you like especially because someone may or may not have stolen my antenna from my car. Yes. Um, and that someone may or may not be someone that I know and may or may, may not be related to Lyle and may or may not haven't give have given it back over a year. So I currently don't have an antenna on my car and it's Have a, you have you seen my car? No. What's wrong with your car? It's also missing an antenna. Oh. I'm suddenly wondering whether the same someone took my antenna. <laughs> So, so people that we may or may not know may be stealing all our antennas, which means that radio isn't even enjoyable in the car. Like when you're listening through the radio waves, you need to get on the internet. That's the way. So yes. please, Faith FM app, download it on the Play Store or the App Store. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, text messages. Let's go to them. We've got some good ones coming through here. Uh, you did get everybody stirred up, Lawson. I got everybody stirred up. You got everybody stirred up. So let's talk about vaccines and let's talk about cash. And let's talk about the mark of the beast. Let's bring it on. Okay, first of all, we have here, um, this one says, money is the root of all evil, but mm-hmm. more so is KTMs. Oh, yikes. No. Wow, wow. Take a <laughs> no. shot. More so is possessions. Um, Lawson and I were talking about KTMs, motorbikes, um, <laughs> during the break. More so is possessions and greed for everything else but God. Mm. And, you know, when Jesus says, where your money is there, your heart will be, it's a very mm. true statement. Because, you know, if you really want to test your Christian experience, just ask yourself the question, you know, when your brain goes into freewheel mode, when you don't have anything to do, where does it automatically go to? It typically automatically goes to the place where you've invested the most money. Mm. And wouldn't it be great if our brain just automatically went to God? Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so let's look at some other ones here. Uh, that one's an answer for a quiz. Okay. Oh, yeah, this one. I'm going to take. I'm going to take issue with this one. Oh, here we go. <coughs> here we go. Cashless society is essential for total control. No buy or sell can happen in a cashless society, as you said. It's only part of the mechanism to bring in the mark of the beast. I'm going to. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I will agree that this is definitely. Part of a mechanism to bring in the bark of the beast, but I'm going to say that cashless society is not essential for total control. There have been various regimes down through history that have exercised total control without creating a cashless society. Cashless society makes it easier. Mm -hmm. And I'm also going to point out that while here in Australia we're one of the top four countries in the world that are leading the the charge in becoming cashless, um, that... We, while, while we are there and it's taken us, what, 40, 50 years to get there, we've been able to do that because we have access to the technology to do so. The vast majority of the world is a cash society mm-hmm. and there are still large portions of the world that are cashless in that they 
uh, live in areas where they're still working on a barter system. Yes. Wow. So they're pre-cash. Yeah. And the mark of the beast is a global issue. Mm. Now, the challenge that goes through my mind is this. If you were going to bring the mark of the beast in in the next five years, how are you going to get all of those countries up to date with their technology that fast? Yeah, well. Because the majority of the world simply does not have the infrastructure to go cashless. Mm. And yet the mark of the beast is global. You see where I'm heading with that? Yeah. So I don't think that it's essential. I think it's definitely going to play a major role in Western countries. Mm. No question about that in my mind. But I think that the devil has ways and means. Anyway, we'll check it out. Just quickly, think about this. Even in the most Western, most cutting edge, uh, you know, area of this topic of cashless societies, just the same as we uh, now have, you know, privatized platforms of, you know, conversing and advertising and whatnot, such as Facebook and whatnot. Uh, we have privatized platforms for you know, trading for currency, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, yes. like all this stuff. These are, these are things that are government unregulated. You know, now Bitcoin has value because people say like, oh yeah, like we, you know, uh, Bitcoin is worth this much, you know, at the moment I think it's in the $60,000 or $70,000, something. How did, how did zeros and ones become worth something? I know, exactly. But the point is, is like, uh, you know, Bit- Bitcoin has only become quote unquote legit because now it's worth, you know, it's worth something to uh the 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 legal tender that we currently hold in in all our countries it has perceived value it has perceived value but what what's to say that like one day just starting with one business where they're like okay well we don't even take legal tender anymore we only take bitcoin uh and this is and this is the prices for things and you know what is stopping someone from doing that Interesting thought. So, so it's like my point is, is yeah. that then go- the government can't regulate currencies. The government can't regulate that. And alternative currencies have been around for a long time. I remember back in the late eighties, early nineties, there were a number of alternative currencies um, that were being used by you know multi-level marketing systems. <laughs> oh yeah, pyramid uh, schemes. Pyramid schemes. Mm. And so it wasn't just a pyramid scheme that have alternative currency as well to be able to get outside of uh, you know taxation and so forth. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Um, so on that thought, now another text message th- says here, um, and somebody's coming after you. <laughs> I think yeah. it's become pretty obvious to everyone that the whole world will be forced to accept a COVID passport. That's a big statement. Mm-hmm. That may be a little bit too big. And let me say why it may be a little bit too big. Okay. The Bible doesn't say that. Ooh. This may happen. Mm. I'm not saying it won't happen. Mm. But the Bible doesn't say that. Yeah, saying that a COVID passport is the route or But what the is method. interesting is that the COVID passport is being championed by Islam right now. Mm. Didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. And, you know, you do sort of see some interesting things happening. So, for instance, you know, my son, his, um, his engagement party was in Victoria and he had to go through quarantine and have a COVID test before he could get out of quarantine to have his engagement party down in Victoria. You know, it just sort of it just makes you stop and think. But anyway, we're going to have to get to our Bible study. Um, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. No, nah, bro, COVID doesn't exist. Let's move on.
I'm just joking. That was a joke. The April Fools um, for the seventh of April. Seventh of April. Okay, so we got we got a, a bunch more here we could we could talk about, but we do need to get to our Bible study because this is what our, this is our Bible study time. Yes. Genesis Genesis chapter twelve verse three is where we're going. Actually, Genesis twelve one to three is particularly. Uh, we'll read all three of those verses, and what we want to do here is look for a list of specific promises that God makes to Abraham in this passage. So this is we're going to look at the covenant with Abraham today. Mm-hmm. Genesis 12, 1-3. The Bible says this, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family. Go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. There's a bunch of promises there. Mm. So we're going to we're going to stop and make a list here in a moment. But before we do, this is a covenant that's made with Abraham. What relevance does it have to us? Well, of course, you know the final promise here: uh, all families on earth will be blessed through you. The in the ultimate sense, you know, Abraham is really, bro. Abraham's the man. Like he he through him, of course, this is a reference to to Jesus's eventual coming. But this is the beginning of that promise that hey, through you. People, you know, the language here is that, oh, people will be blessed. But what this is saying is, like, the whole world will be saved through your descendants. So, because that's the, let's, let's list these promises real quick. Let's, let's go through starting. Okay, all right, all right. Let me make a list here. I'll, I'll number these for you. Here, right, number okay. one, what's your first one? So, first one is that he'll be made into a great nation. Uh, second one is that he will be famous um, and a blessing to others. Uh, the, fir- the third one is he'll bless those... Uh, bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. So, like, uh, uh, protection there. And, uh, yeah, then finally, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So, the the promise of eventual salvation. And now, these are all the things that, yeah, God would be doing through and for Abraham. So, should we be... Should we be, uh, because of this verse, should we be aspiring to become celebrities? Um, because no. you said, you said, <laughs> you said that one of the blessings, one of the blessings promised to Abraham was fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as you can tell, you know, the reason I took this job here at Faith FM is to work my way up. <laughs> yes, Lawson is taking the job here at Faith FM so that one day he can be General Commons President. <laughs> no, nah, bro. I want to be like uh, Dougie Batch, bro. There you go. I want to have a nice mustache like him. But, yeah, no. Uh, no Keep dreaming. <laughs> Of course, the point is, is like the reason that God would make him famous is because, you know, fame is what Abraham needed to like. And the eventual fame that will come, of course, we look now and Christianity is one of the biggest, you know, religions through the world. And the world has truly been blessed through Abraham. This is the difference between fame and celebrity status. Yeah, of course. Yeah. This is this is the real key to understanding this particular passage here. Fame means well known. Mm. Celebrity status is, you know, that's a totally different thing. That means that, you know, people look up to you as something special, whatever. Mm. But fame simply, and you can be famous for a whole bunch of different reasons. You can, you can be, be famous, famous for, for bad reasons. For bad reasons, <laughs> that's right. You don't get to be a celebrity for bad reasons, but you can be famous for bad mm. reasons. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that through Abraham, all of Abraham's descendants would receive 
fame. Mm. Now, we read a passage yesterday that says, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So all of the promises that here were given to Abraham are given to us. Mm. And one of those promises is fame. Mm. And should Christianity be well known in our world? A hundred percent. You know, it, should it be well known? Is it well known? Yes. Mm. Uh, there are very, very few people. Probably the only people who have never heard of Christianity would be uncontacted tribes. Mm. And even those uncontacted tribes have probably been contacted by tribes that have been semi-contacted. Yeah. And probably very few people that have never heard of Christianity. Mm. And the Bible says that as Christians we should be known and read of all men. Mm. What does it mean to be known and read of all men? How does a person, what does it mean when the Bible says, you know, that you are read? I would say like understood. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're known, like, you know, I can, I can know about anything. I can know, uh, you know, I have a friend. He is, uh, studying radiography. I know about, you know, I know radiography, but do I understand radiography? Well, you know, radiography is like taking x-rays and stuff and I've done many x-rays, but say if I, you know, had no concept of, you know, medicine, but I, I knew what the concept of an x-ray was, then yeah, I would know radiography, but do I, am I read in radiography? Am I trained in radiography? Do I understand radiography? Well, even now, not completely. So yeah, it's like that we have a mandate as Christians, not only to let people know that we exist, but also to give people some Knowledge about you know who we are and what we believe. Yes, mm, which is absolutely so so important. And you know when the Bible speaks about you know you're known and read of all men. One of the things I think about is okay, um, how good are we at reading people? Mm. And what does it mean to read a person? Mm. And what does a person read when they read us? Ooh, you know, wow. Uh, we have people out there who avoid social media because social media has an algorithm that has a picture of you. Mm. And every day that algorithm draws a more and more complete picture of you and who you are and how you think. And the reason that that algorithm is drawing that picture is so that marketing companies can read that picture of you and learn how to market to you. Mm. It's the world in which we live right now. And it doesn't matter whether you avoid social media or not. Social media is still building that algorithm about you. They might have less information, but they've certainly got information mm. because there are only 3.5 degrees of separation between any individual on the world wow. uh, through, through, through social media. And they can build a picture of who you are without you ever going on social media because of the interactions that other people have with you. Mm. And so, you know, that's the, and, and people freak out over it. And I'm like, why freak out over it? Embrace it. Yeah. What do wouldn't you have to hide? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if there was, you know, some people out there who are doing, you know, all of this research and they're reading all of these people and reading their algorithm and they just kept seeing the same person coming up again and again and again. And suddenly there were thousands and then there were millions of exactly the same person. Mm-hmm. What would that do to their mind? They'd be freaking out. They'd be like, what's going on here? And then they suddenly realize that that same person is actually it's a picture of Jesus Christ. Wow. That's powerful. It is. When people read us, do they see us or do they see Jesus? Mm. And when an algorithm builds a picture of you, uh, is it building a picture of you or is it building a picture of Jesus? Mm. 
And we need to embrace this and we need to say, you know what, my algorithm needs to build a picture of Jesus Mm. so that when people read me, they're reading, okay, that's what Jesus looks like. They're reading the gospel in my life. We can only do that through the power of grace. grace. That's such a powerful point. Like, Why avoid social media when we've been given a platform, you know, unlike any generation before us, to share Jesus. Like, oh, that's really awesome. Okay, so let's continue on here. The Bible says a great nation. How does that apply to you and I? Abraham would become a great nation, and so, you know, there's still the Jewish nation in our world Mm. today, very, very famous nation, but you wouldn't necessarily call it a great nation Mm. compared to, say, China or India or the United (laughs) States or Russia. Mm. Well, of course, like, I, I... believe this is a reference to the idea that we are, again, we're all seeds um, right. to the promise through Abraham that we have become, as it were, spiritual Jews. That's the, the, the language that the, the Bible uses and that people use to refer to this thing, this idea that like, we, yeah, we have become part of Abraham's seed. And yeah, it's basically by, by accepting Christ that we have become that. So, you know, this has definitely come true because from Abraham and his son and his son's sons, you know, we look at the world around us now that is very much, um, yeah. As the, as the sand of the seed for multitude, you kind of wonder what Abraham would think if he was able to see into the future and to see how many billion people there were who were Christians in the world mm. today because of the decisions that Abraham made to follow God. Wow. That's you know, Abraham was Abraham was far from perfect. He made some just doozies of mistakes that are yeah. recorded in the Bible. But we are all here because of the decisions that Abraham made. Mm. and how God was able to use Abraham. Mm. And it just goes to show the power of influence that an individual can, that you as an individual can have for good on not just present generations, but future generations as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, a couple of text messages. Oh, okay. Um, All right, all right. Here Here it goes, here it goes. Um, hyperinflation will fix the problem with all the currencies, cash or not, uh, in the last days. Good to hear you taking issue with my comments. <laughs> okay, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, a lot of people have been talking about the Great Reset and so forth. Ooh, and this is yeah. one of those areas really in which point. we need to be aware that, yes, the Bible does speak very clearly about hyperinflation. The Bible says that at the end of time, money will become worthless and that the merchants of the earth who have become incredibly wealthy will lose that wealth. It will just vanish. It will all disappear, which is, you know, it's kind of super interesting with another question that came through uh, via the text message, which says, is Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency ethical for Christians to use? Uh, So there's an interesting one. Love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, Let me just ask the question: Is there is there something moral with Bitcoin? Like, well, I would if you've got. That's why I say our our, our text number <laughs> is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, or you can call us on one eight hundred Faith FM. That's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Yeah, what do you think? Is this, is this moral or immoral or amoral? Well, I know a bunch of pastors who are really into Bitcoin. They're my friends, and. uh you know, I hope I hope they're not being immoral. 
I okay. It, in my opinion, I think it's just because a pastor is into something doesn't make it morally. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. But the point I'm making is that it's Bitcoin is something that is seen that I've never considered the morality. The morality of, of it. Of, well, we're of gonna cryptocurrency. Get, we, are going to, we are going to consider the morality of it today, and we would like to hear your thoughts on That's the morality insane. of this. That's so not insane. That it's like just the fact that this has been brought up. It's like wow. Like I've never thought of that before. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, you, you, you start talking about money, we hit a bit of a nerve. Oh. Um, but I would encourage everybody to uh, read, say, um, Revelation chapter 18. Mm. Yeah, because you've got a massive financial crash. Yes, yes. Revelation, Revelation 18 really is about a massive end-time financial crash. Mm. And uh, that's what the Bible says is the future of our world. Now, what's going to happen? How is that going to affect things when that takes place? Mm. You know, what's what's it going to be used for? Um, it will be interesting to see how all of these things play out. The Bible gives us the big picture, and the Bible says there will be a financial crash. Mm. doesn't go into all the details of how that is engineered or created or the circumstances behind it. Mm. And soon we'll be trading beans for apples and... Apples for spoons and spoons for guns. Hopefully not. But yeah, all sorts all right, of stuff. All right, Larson. Calm down. Calm down. All right. All right. All right. Let's all not right. go too far with the um, <coughs> conspiracy this morning. <laughs> yeah. But we would love to hear your thoughts. I would really like to hear your thoughts on the morality of Bitcoin. Mm, that's so interesting. Yeah. I, I'm really, I really want to hear someone's someone texting in. All right. I, I would really like to hear somebody who gives. An anti-Bitcoin position. Yes, and from an ethical perspective. From an ethical perspective. Oh, please, please show us the way. All right, Lyle. Yes. Bible study. Yes. What's what's the deal? Okay, so let's go back to our passage that we have under consideration. Where were we? We're Genesis in Genesis 12. chapter 12, verse 1 and 3. When we were listing all the promises that God made to Abraham. We looked at uh, becoming a great nation. We looked at becoming famous. Um, but then there was, uh, remind me, there was a, a, a promise in there that that Abraham would become a blessing to others. Yes. Uh, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Okay, so how is that fulfilled to us, what does it? What does that actually mean? All the nation, all the families on the earth, will be blessed because of you. Mm. It, well, it's a twofold thing. Like specifically through Abraham, yes, the blessing of the whole world came. You know, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, salvation, yes, um, which is yeah, th- is the blessing. But furthermore, like the way that the seed of Abraham blesses the rest of the world is through the knowledge of that. Yes, giving people the opportunity to choose Jesus through letting them know who Jesus is. Okay, but the Bible says all families. Mm. All is a big word. Yes, that's a very big that word. That says that every single person who has ever lived is blessed because of God's covenant that he makes with mm. Abraham. And obviously that comes through the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So let me challenge that all for a second. What about uh, an Aboriginal family living here in Australia? Uh, let's say 3000 BC. Yeah, well. How are they blessed... Through the blessing that comes through Abraham, and the Bible says that all families will be blessed. Well, the, the thing is, is that now, like all, like everyone has the opportunity to be saved. That's like, right. No, but it, this is the thing: is that not now, only what about then? No, no, even then, like now, everyone not just has the opportunity, but literally can be. 
Like, without as in 2021, or now as in now that God has made a covenant with Abraham. No, but this is, see, this is the thing, Lyle, is that it was an everlasting covenant. This yes. Is, we were talking about this yesterday, how there was an everlasting covenant from the beginning to the end, that God would be their God, and they would be his people. And although we've broken the covenant many, 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 many times, um, God has always been faithful. And, and, you know, we've looked at, like, Old Covenant, New Covenant, that are just kind of reiterations of this already pre-existing everlasting covenant. And what we see here, like, how all families will be blessed is that, you know, Jesus would die on the cross for sins, um, present sins, future, but also sins past. Yes. And that, but with that death, you know, without that death happening, um, which is like kind of iterated here in this promise to Abraham, um, that yeah, that Jesus would come like without that death happening, no one could be saved. Yes. Not just because, oh, they don't have the opportunity to choose because they don't know about Jesus or whatever, but no, like literally without well, there are that many death, people out there who will emphasize saved. the sovereignty of God. And when they emphasize the sovereignty of God, they're like, well, we don't, we, we aren't, we don't, don't have the right to question God. And of course, these people, this family, this Aboriginal family living in Australia in 3000 BC, of course they're lost because they never got to hear about Jesus Christ. Mm. So therefore they never made a decision. And we can't question that because God is sovereign. Which is just totally not the case when you read the Bible. Well, it would do away with this passage and this promise right here because this passage and this promise says all family. Yes. And it reminds and so, me of Timothy 2 as well, which is God has uh, a desire that all men would be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So what that tells me then is your Aboriginal family who are living here in, say, 3000 BC mm. have the opportunity for salvation the same as everybody else, mm. even though they have not heard of Jesus Christ. Yes. It's an interesting thing when you sort of stop and think about you know, that whole uh, sovereignty of God argument because, um, you know, and, and that we should not, you know, question God. Mm. The Bible does not bring that out. There are many times, Abraham himself, we're going to find, you know, that further oh, on in the story. Right, he he yeah. does a lot of questioning of God. Mm. And uh, and so when you, you look at that sovereignty of God um, argument, you know, we shouldn't question God and... But we also understand that every single human being here is the personal creation of God. Yeah, wow. Well. And so what you're implying then, if you take that path, that that family, that Aboriginal family living in Australia, 3000 BC, is automatically lost because they happen to have the misfortune of being born in a place where there was no knowledge of God. And, of course, we don't know how much of a knowledge of God that there was in 3000 BC here in Australia. We're making an assumption there. Um, but we're assuming that they, there's no knowledge of God. What they're claiming then is that God has created people so that they can be lost mm. for no other reason. Mm. And people who are into sovereignty of God are also into eternal hellfire. And so what you've got God doing is creating people so that he can burn them forever for no other reason. He brings them, he uses his divine supernatural power to bring them into existence for no other reason than that he can then burn them for eternity. And if that is God, I don't want to have anything to do with him. 100%. That is not God. But thankfully, that's not the God that we read about in the Bible. Yeah. The, the God we read about in the Bible is a God who gives everyone opportunity and who is ever wanting to have a that's relationship right. with them. And Paul speaks about it. Uh, Zechariah speaks about it. There are a number of passages in the Bible that speak about it that um, are very, very clear that these people do have the opportunity for salvation who have not heard of Jesus Christ. And that's a God that I want to serve. Mm. 
You know, the other God, the, uh, the is, it, that's a Calvinistic God. Don't want to have a bar of it. Mm. It's not a God of love. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. <laughs> we have... We're going to talk about Bitcoin. Yeah. We, well, we, cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. We have to talk about cryptocurrency. Yeah. Um, so why don't we... we the, the quiz has been answered. We're not doing another clue. Mm. So... Uh, Question of the day. <laughs> okay, uh, is this the, the question that I'm reading? Yes. At the top? Okay. Is Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency ethical for Christians to use? Is it relevant uh, for charities and churches to accept donation of cryptocurrency? I guess this is really interesting. Uh, and we, we kind of posed this um, to our audience a little while ago and had some interesting um, answers come through. One of them being pay to Bitcoin what is Bitcoins and pay to God what is God's. <laughs> Um, another one here, Bitcoin. The Bible does not condemn money, but how you use it. Money has no morality. People do. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's, that's a pretty balanced. I think so. I think so. That's a pretty balanced view. I think, it's a, I think it's a very balanced view. Okay, so um, let's consider then the ethical issues of Bitcoin. Uh, in reality, Bitcoin is digital money, mm-hmm. and the reality is that in Western countries, in particular in Australia, most of our money is digital anyway. Yep. So really, is there that much difference between your digital cash or your digital Bitcoin? And of course, you know, back in the day when there was the gold standard, then it may have been a difference that, you know, one is made of zeros and ones and the other one is made of plastic or paper. But the reality is that they're all kind of made of zeros and ones and there is no gold standard anymore. So... I think we are long past those issues uh, of, you know, how the economy goes. There are some, you know, and, and this is what you always find on the frontiers of, you know, new technology is that you're always going to find as new technology comes out, it takes a long time for lawmakers to catch up with it. Mm. And you've got exactly the same with cryptocurrency. So, for instance, um, the primary currency that was used on Silk Road was Bitcoin. Mm. And so a lot of people have looked at Bitcoin as being pure evil because of that, because, of course, Silk Road was one of the largest criminal organizations that ever existed. And uh, they were able to do it using Bitcoin because Bitcoin is so much less traceable. Mm. And so it is favoured by criminal organisations because of that. And so people are saying, well, you know, this is the currency of criminals, so we shouldn't have anything to do with it. But once again, as, you know, one of our listeners pointed out, money is not evil. Zeros and ones are not evil. They are amoral. It is what you do with it Mm. that makes it moral or not moral. So Bitcoin is, um, yeah, a couple of things to bear in mind is that it is used a lot for illegal transactions. People really like the anonymity of Bitcoin. It's mm. not as anonymous as it used to be. And as legislation caps up, catches up, that anonymity is going to disappear, but it enables them to, you know, do criminal things. Um, some of the other things to keep in mind is that data loss can, can, can cause massive losses. Mm. You don't have as many safeguards with Bitcoin as you do with um, actual currency. Yes. Um, it is more susceptible, susceptible to hacking because, once again, you know, your major banks and so forth have put a lot of time and money and effort into not being hacked. Um, Bitcoin hasn't, you know, cryptocurrencies haven't put that same level in yet. They're still playing catch up. Mm. Um, there's no free refund or cancellation protocol. You know, if things, if things go belly up. Um, and then you've got this interesting one which comes up, which I don't fully understand, 
but it's about mining. And the cryptocurrencies create these severe mining environments mm-hmm. which require extremely advanced computers that use and consume massive amounts of power. And what I see coming out of that is a widening gap between the haves and the have-nots. Yes. Yep. And mm-hmm. doing away with the middle class. And once the middle class disappears from a society, the society tends to collapse and go into, you know, authoritarian rule. Mm. Um, and when you see a middle class rising, you see a country, you know, rising to power. So, for instance, you know, if you look at China and, and the growth of China, the growth of China has come about because of the growth of, for the first time, a middle class. They've never had a middle class before. Mm. Now that they do, look what is happening. And so these are all things that I think um, are important to take into account, but I think our listeners are on the money in that money, regardless of what it is, actually has no morality. It's what we do with it. Mm. How do we use it for God's glory and for God's honour? And how do we use it for the advancement of God's cause? That is the question that we need to be asking. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. This is The Breakfast Mm. Show. Somebody texts through to say the black market is Satan's greatest asset. Cashless world would not suit. Interesting thought. Ooh. Don't know whether I'm on the same page or not, but uh, money is definitely one of Satan's greatest assets. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting thought. How long till Bibles will be on the black market? Yeah. yeah. This is actually, mm. So, unreg- is, you know, as unregulated markets, are they evil or can they be a tool for good? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, we, just need, we just need another. We just need a. Uh, people are bringing up some really good stuff here, guys. I really appreciate what you've been sending through. This is, a, this is a great thought right here. And it just starts us down another whole rabbit hole of ethical questions. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.